Hello, I'm Chris. And I'm Sean. And this is Monsters and Mythos, a podcast where we take a look at the racism monsters of Dungeons and Dragons and compare them to their mythological and folklore counterparts. Today, we will be looking at the Tarrasque. That's right. That creature that a DM pulls out when his players have completed a campaign and he's pissed off he didn't get to kill anyone. Ah, uh, yeah. So uh, a colossal magical beast and, and frequent big bad evil guy of many uh, D&D session, the Tarrasque, you know, the big bad daddy of big bad evil guys, you know, a TPK machine and, you know, many adventurers last sight. Uh, stoked to be covering uh, such a, a badass creature today. And honestly, I'm surprised we even are because I had never heard Tarrasque outside of D&D. And I was listening to a folklore podcast, and they were describing something, and I don't remember which episode it was. Plus, uh, the guest mentioned a Tarrasque, and by based on the context, you knew it, they were not discussing Dungeons and Dragons. So, that piqued my interest, and I googled it, and sure enough, there is a creature from France called a Tarrasque. So, I mean, it's so iconic, you cannot not do an episode of it. Uh, yeah, and a Tarrasque, if you're coming from, like, the French language, is almost like, I don't know, I feel like it's got something to do with, like, a guillotine or something, you know? <laughs> sounds, sounds interesting. But um... You would think, but, I mean, the information I'm going to share, it's almost disappointing while intriguing. So, as always, why don't we start with the D&D aspect of it, and then we'll move on from there. Okay, yeah. Um, so, so what is this big bad beastie, you ask? Well, often described as a scaly biped, roughly the size of a five-story building, uh, moving similarly to that of a bird of prey, uh, using its strong hind legs and, and lashing tail for balance, two massive horns upon its head, and a thick reflective carapace on its back. These, uh, this is one of the more, least, more lethal creatures known to exist on the uh, material plane, a, a true test of a party's abilities, and, and sometimes it's their last one. You know, when I take a look at the Tarrasque in, in the various uh, monster manuals, what it reminds me today, kind of like a more modern day reference, is um, it looks to me like a, a, a death claw from the video game series of Fallout. Like if you put like a hard, spiky turtle, turtle shell on a death claw, that is kind of what you know uh, the Tarrasque looks like to me, uh, at least throughout the generations uh, of various editions and whatnot. Um, so this thing is known to slumber deep beneath the earth within some hidden layer for weeks, months, years, even decades or centuries at a time. Uh, the when, where, or why questions hovering around the creature are still kind of unknown, uh, but there are a few theories. Uh, there is believed to be only one of these gargantuan monstrosities at any given time, and uh, that is usually enough. <laughs> so... Um, this monstrosity is also new, known for consuming all in its wake, 
not just animals and humanoids, trees and other vegetations, yeah, but in entire communities, building by building. You know, this is like the fantasy equivalent of a high-scale natural disaster. Uh, most would, would rather flee than, than fight this gargantuan nightmare. Uh, my, am I following suit with any of uh, what the French have to say about the Tarasque so far? Am I close? A little bit with the description. But once you get past that, absolutely not. Okay, good. Okay. Interesting. Okay, so... Uh, the love behind where this thing supposedly, the lore, sorry, the love, the lore behind where this thing uh, supposedly comes from is somewhat jumbled, and I think it's meant to be mysterious, you know, as if nesting in some secret, ancient, and potentially magical subterranean location wasn't enough. Uh, its origins within the realms are shrouded in mystery and, and rumor. Some of the fantasy cultures claim that the Tarasque and its unfathomable unfathomable capability for destruction are sent by the divine or or perhaps one deity in particular to punish and and purify the land slumbering deep underground until hearing some kind of cosmic call to obliterate or consume everything in its path uh, others uh, speak of long lost and forgotten gods and and their squabbles suggesting that the tarasque was once used and possibly created by ancient primordial beings and is a long-forgotten relic of an older time, uh, also suggesting a possible all-out war against the forces of nature uh, led, led by this creature and other gods and whatnot. Uh, another theory of origin claims that, of course, there was once a coven of merciless and evil wizards, and their, in their haste to master the arcane and the elements, they somehow summoned uh, or created this magical beast, using it to whatever ends before discarding it. Uh, Maybe, maybe dying, maybe, maybe it wasn't controllable from the beginning uh, at all. You know, it's no sources really say. Um, how's that? Is that keeping pace with the, with the what you had found on the French terrace? Oh, are you in for a disappointment? Okay. Oh, man. All right. Wow. So, <laughs> so why the... Uh, why is the Tarasque such a popular, like, hard-level encounter and big bad evil guy? Uh, aside from the sheer terror and the fact that it is essentially a, a catastrophic natural disaster with legs, uh, the challenges presented by said beastie for the, you know, for the party to overcome are numerous and often put the party kind of at odds with the way combat mechanics need to be applied to defeat the beast. Uh, the resistances, damage immunities, and other abilities offer a, a unique challenge that is rarely presented to players and DMs alike. You know, uh, from the DM's perspective, you have a single creature that is relatively easy to control in terms of game mechanics uh, that is... Uh, able of wreaking absolute havoc upon your players uh, as this creature is kind of naturally geared to, towards the, the destruction of fantasy realms and their denzians uh it would uh make sense that you know it it, it comes with a decent sized dose of resistances uh, uh if not immunities outright both to magics and and damage in general um much to the to the DM's delight and and the frustration of a lot of players, uh, a large portion of spells used uh, by casters 
um, simply just do not affect this creature. Not only that, but there is a chance that if they cast one of said spells, that it is reflected back at the caster or, or their party mates. You, know, you combine that with some legendary resistances, and the Tarrasque encounter proves quite difficult for caster types. You know, in some cases, turning their own powers and abilities upon their allies. You know, a firm knowledge of combat mechanics, as well as some critical thinking skills, are almost requirements to, to fell this foe. That aside, it's no walk in the park for fighter types either. This, Not only is this monster capable of doing tons of damage per turn, combine that with a potential to swallow PCs entirely, removing them from the battlefield altogether, and, and creating a different type of problem for the already problematic situation. Uh, uh, that being said, with a 15-foot reach, super high armor class, and a multitude of hit points, alongside some basic damage resistances, uh, this this thing's like a high level fighter class's nightmare. Okay, uh, so, uh, but you know, from from a player standpoint, this type of encounter usually uh, proves difficult because for them at least, it's different than anything they have encountered. Unless you're running like a high level power, a high level, like uh, high powered one shot, I guess. Uh, so. Coming from like a campaign or or maybe like a series of one shots prior kind of perspective, I guess. Uh, but you know their preferred spell casting and, and martial abilities, the players, I mean, uh, uh, that have been useful and effective against most, if not all, enemies up to this point, is no longer seeming to be you know the best course of action. That I think is what makes Tarask encounters hard. You know, thinking on the fly and outside the box in a situation where time is kind of against you, you know, the longer you tangle with this creature, the lower your success rate becomes, you know, finding and applying a new strategy on the fly, then, then determining said strategy's effectiveness and possibly having to reassess this uh, multiple times until you, you find the right fit is one of the more fun, but also, you know, challenging encounters. Are you, you following along there? Have anything to add? So I've been seeing a meme and a debate, and I think it's a weak debate, but I don't know if you've seen it in the various D&D uh, &D groups you're part of, but a level one Barakokra taking out a Tarrasque because the Tarrasque does not have distance attack. Therefore, the Arakokra can just fly above it, be an archer, so ranger probably, and just keep taking pop shots. Now, eventually, you know, a two, three hour combat, whittling down its health until it dies because it has no recourse. And the two big problems I see with that argument, one, the distance thing could be uh, gotten rid of by having a Tarrasque pick up a boulder and chuck it at an Arakokra. While there's nothing specific in the stat block, I mean, you just take the strength stat, and that boulder's going to hit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's it's like a plus those... 19 or something. Like, it's pretty, pretty godlike, you know. And then the other thing is that a two to three hour combat, I mean, 
when you're in the game and you're being a hero, within two to three hours, an entire village, if not kingdom, is destroyed. So, I mean, yeah, you eventually win, but did you really win? Right, right. <laughs> I mean, have I, you I think seen I would have that, to take uh, him down somehow too. Yeah, I don't think I could. I don't think I could deal with you know, the the level one anything taking down a Tarasque. Though it technically was possible in older editions with you know, uh, a confirmed critical hit and there on and so forth. Anyway, sidetrack, sidetrack. <laughs> Um, so, uh, well, really, uh, I mean, kind of in closing, I guess, uh, you know, I'd like to say my favorite thing about the Tarasque from a DM's perspective is some of the lore and narratives surrounding this creature. You know, it's kind of fun to make it your own or take something that you find interesting and apply it. You know, uh, one of the things which, uh, being, uh, that I liked was that, uh, in certain editions upon being defeated, the Tarasque isn't actually slain but has been dealt enough damage to be deterred from its current path or, or mission of destruction. And instead of dying, it burrows back to its lair deep within the earth for, for an untold amount of rest, you know, days, months, years. Uh, and, you know, is it ever really truly over for the uh, big bad evil guy of all big bad evil guys, you know, considering he could just constantly regenerate and come back? I like to think of it like a... <laughs> Maybe the origin story of the wizards has something to do with, you know, this giant chaos wizard. <laughs> and, uh, like, it started as, like, a, maybe just a tiny little innocent, you know, finger-length lizard and got stomped on by one of the wizards and then came back just a little stronger and then, you know, stomped on again. And, and then maybe it came back a little spiky, you know, almost like, like, <laughs> a star, like, the Borg from Star Trek, how like when you kill them a certain way, they learn to adapt to that and that way doesn't seem to kill them anymore. You know, it's like that kind of, uh, uh, I guess, like situation that I kind of, uh, I like to entertain that thought of, of why, of that the Tarrasque is so giant and armored and spiky because uh, wizards in the past and adventurers in the present keep, uh, you know, beating the shit out of it, essentially. <laughs> That was definitely one take on it. Just the, uh, oh, you beat me with arrows. Okay, now it's harder to hit me with an arrow. All right, you beat me with fire. Well, guess what? Now I eat fire. Yeah, right. I thought I thought it was interesting. It was definitely fun doing a deep dive into the into the what and why and whatnot. But uh, what do you what did you dig up on the terrasque? I'm interested to hear what this uh, uh, French version has uh, all about it. So the while the Tarasque is found in France, uh, it's actually a Catholic folklore. Of course it is. The most scary things are. <laughs> so in uh, Provence, France, around where the town of Tarascon now is, in the river there lurked a creature. It was described as being a dragon and half animal half fish thicker than an ox longer than a horse with sword-like teeth now i've seen some big horses i've never seen a horse get anywhere near five stories not even two stories so as you can imagine this is already a smaller creature 
And uh, when it's described, it's actually described as having the face and mane of a lion, a carapace like a turtle, six feet with bear-like claws, and a scaly tail like a serpent's tail. And so, while some of the imagery is somewhat similar and arguably could have horns, could not, it is definitely much, much smaller. And the way the story goes is that it is the product of the biblical Leviathan, uh, which is now found in the Monsters of the Multiverse source book. So we'll be able to do a full episode on that. And the legendary Anakis. Now, if you've never heard of this creature, seriously, look it up. I want to see a stat block. Because when I looked up in Anakis, another one I never, never heard of, it is a creature that throws flaming shit. <laughs> Why? Why is there not a 5e stat block on this yet? <laughs> is it like a monkey? Or it's like a, a flaming poop monkey? That's crazy. <laughs> and it's it's not a monkey. It's a uh, beast of burden found in Galatia or Galatia, uh, which is around modern day Turkey. And it's a it's a bigger creature, and that's where it gets the uh, turtle-like shell and things like that. But yeah, it's offensive weapon. It's its long, thick, counterbalanced tail, slower creature, spiked club on the tail, and as a defense. Shit's fireballs, basically. <laughs> so that's the dad of uh, Tarask. And the mom being you know, Leviathan. And so this creature made its way from around Turkey to the river in France. And would then destroy ships and... I mean, when you're talking about a river, you're not really talking about large fishing vessels to carry you from England and Europe over to the Americas. You're talking about smaller fishing vessels, possibly the something the size of a steamboat, you know, that would sail down the Mississippi. So Big, but not huge. And to give you an idea of the size of the Tarrasque that they claim. Uh, one other thing that the Tarrasque has that I do wish uh, the 5e Tarrasque would have is Poison Breath. According to one source, not really found in the earlier sources, but a later story did put in that it shot sulfurous flames from its eyes and emitted fierce hissing sounds with its mouth and with its poisonous breath it killed anyone who came too near 
Now, the sulfurous flames from its eyes could be a smoldering, scalding look, you know, just a bright intensity. But a poison breath, like the dragon portion. So now you're going to get more of an area of effect, attack, as well as hitting more distant creatures. So that's one thing that I do wish they would bring over from folklore into uh, the game. But like I said, it's such a smaller version. Now, what happened was St. Martha, who is the sister of Lazarus, who was raised from the dead by Jesus, she came over to France after uh, everything with Lazarus and Jesus coming back. And they sought her out and said, come help us with this creature. And so she came down, and when she found it, it was in the process of eating a person. And so most art depicting a Tarrasque shows the legs of a person kicking out of its mouth as it's being swallowed. And to defeat it, she threw holy water on it and held up a cross until the Tarrasque was subdued. Then she put a girl around its neck and paraded it through town as people threw spears and rocks at it until it died. You understand why I said it's such a disappointment when you hear yeah, the folklore. Yeah, that's not a very epic ending, you know what I mean? <laughs> it does sound I mean, like a badass creature. And, and it could be. It's just when you compare it to the 5e version, it is much smaller. It wouldn't have that world-ending battle that people have in mind when they come up with a Tarrasque. And really, when you think about it, more than likely, uh, what it is, is just a story for the conquering of pagan religions in France by the Catholic Church. I mean, we know the story of St. Patrick, who came over to Ireland and drove out all the snakes. However, there were never really snakes in Ireland. And so it's thought that the snakes represented a pagan mythology and pagan religion stomped out for Catholicism. In the same way, there's been uh, statues of, like, the Tarasca de Nose dated to the 3rd to 1st century BCE. And it might have been used as a source of worship, a, a Celtic deified beast where human sacrifices may have been conducted. And so by having a patron saint of Catholicism come over and defeat this creature, it is their way of saying, yes, here is the Catholic Church stamping out a pagan religion. And that's really where I think the story comes from. Or at least the source of it is just, it's another way of, an allegory for uh, the spread of the Catholic religion. Well, I, I mean, 
that in and of itself explains why it's such a terrifying monster personified in uh, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to hell. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, that, that was actually a pretty so, interesting character. Like, uh, I mean, a creature in and of itself, just kind of the way you described it. And then it made me think when, when you were describing like the poison breath thing, I, I think that would have been like, I think that would have had to have been uh, an improvised uh, gained ability by my uh, Tarrasque should it encounter an honorary uh, level one Aarakocra. You know, a welcome to Godzilla, bitch. Boom, you know? <laughs> and, and I mean, the Tarrasque did have a impact. Uh, the city of which it now surrounds the, uh, gosh, darn it, what did I say it was? Tarascon, I believe. Yeah, Tarascon. They have, uh, Tarask on their coat of arms because it's so associated with it. And there's actually a dinosaur called the Tarascosaurus or Tarask lizard, uh, that is named after the Tarrasque. It's a kind of like a T Rex looking. Uh, from the late Crustaceous period, uh, a theropod. And so, you know, it, it definitely still has some resemblance and definitely has an impact on a lot of the surrounding areas. But when I heard Tarask and I was thinking about it, the world-ending monster actually reminded me more of the Behemoth, which is a Judaic-slash-Christian folklore creature uh, found in the Book of Job and later on in Revelations. It is this large pet, basically, of God, so tremendous that only God can tame it. And it is on the land, but the Leviathan is in the water. They are two counteractive forces set to destroy the world if they ever fought each other, which is why they are separated. And there's actually a third that I had never heard of until about a year ago called a Ziz, Z-I-Z -Z or Z-Y-Z, -Z, which is a griffin-type creature. So discuss that more when we get to griffins. But you have then King of the Land, King of the Sea, and King of the Air. So really, you could take then the Tarrasque as a land god, demon, the Leviathan or some other sea serpent type as the water, and come up with one, perhaps the rock, or uh, even just a giant griffin and have that air and you can create then a trifecta of world ending creatures something i and, I, I often think about doing actually you know ending the world <laughs> <laughs> tormenting my my players you know into a, a, a eternal suffering you know i think about it a lot as a dm <laughs> well you're supposed to i mean like i've said before all DMs are of the evil alignment. It's just, you know, the Mercer who's more uh, lawful evil and the Brandon Lee Mulligan who's more chaotic evil. 
true story. <laughs> and I mean, the behemoth is thought to have been based off of uh, either a misunderstanding of the hippopotamus, or rhino, or even elephant in this big creature. You know, the big, bulky, and it's described as a grass eater. However, just by moving around, it's able to destroy, and it has tusks for defending itself. And so th I think that's definitely one take, you know, as I, s you could take the Tarrasque, and when you upscale it with the Behemoth, you're, I think you're getting more of what they were looking for when they created it for 5e. Yeah, I think I think you probably hit that right on the nose there. Yeah, uh, definitely kind of a, a fantasy version of a natural disaster. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, normally here is where we start discussing how you could take it and mix it with the uh, folklore to uh to to change your game enough to make it unique. But with the actual Tarrasque folklore. I don't think you can with much. I mean, you could definitely bring in a fire breath, but just based upon the size, I think you would almost have to nerf uh, the Tarasca 5E to make it fit its counterpart. I, I couldn't think of a good way to play it, except for, you know, a cult, or again, mixing it with other creatures making it the burden of the land and then having a burden of the sea and burden of the air. That's actually a pretty good concept, though. I like that. Uh, uh, kind of gives the a full rounded experience to like a campaign. You know, you would you would have to uh, learn how to traverse, you know, through three different, you know, either landscapes, realms, planes of existence entirely, maybe, you know gives a, a good bit of twist to like where you can go and what you can do with it that's that's definitely kind of a, a, a clever aspect to to maybe um, not have uh, I don't know in in hindsight I guess uh, having the big bad evil guy be just the Tarrasque alone might not be you know the best way to do it you know there are definitely other creatures out there that are considered hard level encounters you know like the Leviathan and uh, yeah it'd be cool to uh, you know combine them all narratively like you know they're they were all born in the same clutch of eggs or something you know like uh, that's definitely there's definitely something to it or it's a you know a, a lizard a water snake and a bird were all uh, pets of the same reckless wizard who kept finding ways to kill them <laughs> until they got bigger and stronger and everything else. Right? Kind of like the Borg, the Borg theory. <laughs> just kept getting better at not dying until eventually they were just uncontrollable monstrosities. And, I mean, we'd definitely be able to narrow it down more with... Uh, after the Leviathan, because as I as I said, uh, it is now an official five E source, so definitely worthy of its own episode. And then we could talk about uh, what's his name, Jorg, Jorgen, Jorgenman, the uh, snake of Norse mythology that's going to eat the world. That uh, it's Thor's arch nemesis. 
and sounds familiar ish. So, I think I've read something about that once or twice. So I don't want to get too deep into that one, but I mean, again, you're definitely getting into a combination. So yeah, I mean, that's the Tarasque in a nutshell. But as I said, I want to see, and I even looked, there hasn't been a homebrew version that I could find yet on the Anakis. And that is because a creature that shoots flaming shit like arrows. How can this not yet have its own stat block? I don't know. We'll have maybe... Maybe one of our uh, uh, listeners might be able to help us out with that. We'll, we'll get a random email one day uh, <laughs> explaining, you know, maybe with the stat block itself. Uh, uh, speaking of, as we kind of uh, wrap it up, do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, not on this topic. I think we did a good job looking at the uh, source material as well as the little bit of folklore there is on it. Do you have any questions, comments about the source before we close out? Um, no, I just you know, uh, once again, you, you know, you you, you kind of managed to teach me something. Yeah, I had I had no idea that uh, that the Tarasque was based in some sort of actual real world lore. You know, I I had always it had always been a D and D bad guy to me. You know, <laughs> so in interesting. You know, and and, and um, yeah, I mean. Um, uh, aside from you know our, our email, if you guys want to hear uh, me and Chris uh, uh, talk more nerdy shit, or or uh, you just want to uh, get down on a comment section somewhere, uh, Tater Brain Pod has both an Instagram and a YouTube channel. So and uh, yeah, you have anything to add, Chris? Uh, if anybody has questions, comments, or any particular topic that they would like to hear sooner rather than later because we are going to get through a lot of these or as many as we can before either a life happens or b we decide to stop or even run out of topics you know you can shoot us an email at monsters and mythos all spelled out at gmail.com and you know we'll respond as quickly as we can